Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And we are delighted to welcome you to today's episode of Women Over 70. As you know by now, our signature is featuring women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who are leading lives that illustrate inspiring ways to learn, contribute, and make a difference as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest is not scripted or rehearsed, although we will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. So today, we are delighted to shine the spotlight on our guest, Susan Neustrom, age 69. Susan shares that she knows a thing or two about change from both personal and professional levels. We're going to explore with Susan how she got unstuck at age 48 and transformed her life. And this will give us glimpses into her life as an author, speaker, consultant, and educator who, in her own words, is someone dedicated to helping people and organizations experience change in a new way without fear and resistance. You can learn more details about Susan's work by visiting her website. But let's have Susan share her story so we can all gain new insights into reimagining aging. So Susan, um, let's go back about 20 years when you were 48 years old. What did you want to change in your life, and how did you go about making those changes? The turning point in my life uh, was definitely at age 48, and and one of the reasons why that was that turning point, it was when I made a decision that I was going to follow my passion. Um, I loved working directly with people. I loved volunteering. I did volunteering all my life. And I really wanted to move out of a corporate job to working in nonprofit and really making some significant changes because I could see uh, all of the things that people were experiencing and I had complete empathy for their journey and I wanted to be part of it. So I had to, in, in order for me to make changes, that is leave a corporate job and move into nonprofit, I had to really face my biggest fear. And and that was, I am a high school dropout. And in order for me to put anything on my resume, uh, I would have to lie about my education. So I had to make a choice at age 48 to say, what do I do? Do I move forward or do I stay where I'm at? And that little voice inside kept telling me, give it a try, give it a try. (laughs) So um, at age 48, I went and got my GED. Uh, It was a struggle. And after I got that, uh, I really saw my vision. There were possibilities. I could do this. And I continued to get two associate degrees, to get a bachelor's degree, to get a master's degree, and then uh, my doctorate in education. Uh, this journey uh, was a 12-year journey. Uh, what was most interesting about it was, in addition to getting all of my degrees, I really learned about me. I learned 
what I can do. I learned what, how to follow my passion. I really understood the change process. And as uncomfortable as it is, it's something that is important to go through and to understand. And where that led me eventually is to write my book to say, this is how you do it. Because I couldn't understand why it was so difficult, why it was so painful uh, to change. And what I realized it was I didn't know who I was going to be when I changed. I only knew who I was. I knew what who people thought I were was, but not necessarily who am I. And to discover that, you have to meet a lot of challenges, definitely. And by doing so, I was able to understand how you work through change, how do you follow that dream, and what tools, resources, and support you need along the way. So Susan, I want to ask a question about that because some people could go through 12 years of advancing education and not necessarily have that kind of reflective experiences that you had or the, the transformative um, change that you referred to. So was this a solo journey or how that happened for you? It began as a solo journey. Uh, I, I had a definite purpose in mind. And I, I didn't want to be a failure anymore. I didn't want to uh, continue in a career that did not really uh, fuel my passion, did not uh, really satisfy me. And, and that purpose was, was so important to me, I continued on. What I did find in that journey is that it wasn't solo by no means. I was someone who said, I can do this. I can do this alone. In reality, I couldn't. And to ask for help and to ask for support was one of the most difficult things for me to do because I always looked at it as a weakness. If you needed support, you're, you're weak. And what I learned along the way is that when you put your hand out, not one person will hold it. There'll be many. And I am so grateful for my educators. I was so grateful for staff. I was so grateful for administrators along the way. I had two mentors, uh, both in education, who saw something in me that I didn't see and offered me opportunities to speak at conferences, to really look at new opportunities. It was, it was just so wonderful to have kind of someone by your side who, when, when all the going was, was getting a little rough, they said, come on, we can do this. Uh, my, my peers, they, they, when I was struggling, uh, I said, come on, we can do this together. It was the best feeling I had because that journey, you never travel alone. You can, but it's going to take you a lot longer. When you can create a support system as you're going through change, change becomes something that you, you build this relationship. You're able to reach out not only during the time of change, but even after because the, the support team that you build is a lifelong team. It isn't in the instant, but it, it's something that you do 
and you in turn are able to support others as they're going through the journey too. Susan, I'd like to go back to something you said earlier. First of all, I applaud you for your bravery because I know that it takes great bravery to to leave uh, corporate America and move into something you're passionate about. Yes. And, and I'm wondering if you can share some insight. How do you make that decision that you w- can leave? In many cases, it may not have been yours, I don't know, but in many cases, the comfort of corporate America and what all that provides you in terms of benefits, in terms of salary, in terms of, of um, being recognized as someone. I meet many women who want to make that leap and are just so afraid to do it because they don't know how they're going to be able to manage financially, emotionally. Can you, can you shed some more light on that? Certainly. And, you know, that was uh, top and foremost in my mind. Yet, when you have passion for something, and you have a drive, and you know where you're at does not fulfill your life satisfaction, and you set out with a purpose, it cha- your goal becomes the target. And what, what is so amazing, and, and I, can, I can say this honestly, uh, people believe when they move from corporate to nonprofit, it means moving from having a sustainable income to having nothing. That isn't true because I was given the opportunity uh, to join a number of organizations, and those organizations were uh, at the brink of uh, closing their doors. And the change process that I used for myself, I applied within that organization. They were thriving. In turn, my salary uh, thrived with it. (laughs) And I was able to really look at, at the big picture and help organizations move in the direction that they have sustainable income and I get sustainable income. So it is, it is a, a wonderful feeling to be able to do that. And if money is the only driving force to why you want to change, it, it won't last as long as, you, as if you create a sense of urgency for yourself to do what you need to do now. And for most people, when they think about leaving a job, it's really, really difficult. And that was why I looked at, I'm in a comfort zone in, in corporate. Why would I move and why was this so painful? So the comfort zone, what I realized is a set of habits that we develop over time and they work very well up until the point where you want to make significant changes in your life because the the work that you do should be your life work. And that's how I look at what all the things that I'm doing now. It isn't a separation between my life and my work. I'm doing my life work. So can you tell us, Susan, a little more about what you're doing in the consulting realm, teaching, writing? Currently, right now, I'm a director of a nonprofit foundation, 
and I'm also teaching at DePaul. I'm teaching at National Lewis. I do a tremendous amount of speaking. I do workshops. I uh, continue to look at opportunities to get out and tell people uh, my story. And so there's, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have so many different opportunities and follow so many different passions that uh, it's, it's, wonderful uh, I pinch myself often because I didn't never never planned to have my life as full as it is now and that happened because of that little voice at age 48 that said you need to do this you need to move, to walk on this path even though the path is not going to be straight it's not going to be smooth those rocks are going to be in place but every time you're able to cross over that rock, move it aside, push it, jump over it, you become stronger. And I'm able to take on more and more challenges because I'm able to analyze it and have a strategic plan to get past it. Mm -hmm. So Susan, uh, if you could just say the name of the book that you authored and then also you uh, have designed and will be teaching a new graduate seminar here at Paul and I am intrigued by the title of it, and I think it so fits so well with what we've been talking about. Yes, yes. So the title of my book is The Comfort Zone Illusion, Leaving Your Comfort Zones Not So Hard After All. And I wrote the book in 2015 after people kept saying to me, you need to write a book about your story. And I always wanted to, definitely, because of my life transition. But I know that a life story can be inspirational and inspiration lasts a short time and then you move on and you often continue what you're doing. I wanted to look at the how-tos and so not only am I using my experience, I'm using the experience of people I have worked with, people that are close to me and how do you work through that transition what stages of change do you work through and what tools and resources are are important at the stage of change you're, you're in and so it's a, a how-to guide that you can refer to quite often and most recently i just developed and i'm going to be teaching it now in the fall it is a um a learning liberal liberal learning seminar it's called Understanding and Flexing Mindset. So it's a 10-week course about your fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And certainly the, the value and the benefit of changing also looks at a number of different components of, of the growth mindset, both in a personal life, both in your career life, you're in organizations and leadership working with children, parenting. Uh, so I am just very excited about uh, being able to develop this course and being able to teach it. So I will be able to uh, share a little bit of my own experience in addition to much research that's out there. We both want to take it. Yes, we do. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I wish I were still in grad school there. <laughs> so... So I, I, I'm very interested in, can you give us uh, just a few 
highlights of, of what your journey was, what the steps you took to move from corporate to nonprofit, but more than that, how did you deal with some of the issues that you faced? Many of the issues were related to how I saw the world. I never thought education was any more than um, gaining some knowledge from textbooks. In reality, what education did for me is it opened my eyes to a new world. It allowed me to truly understand how to learn, how to listen, how to observe, and how to ask the right questions that will promote a good dialogue. And for me, that was something brand new. And where the challenge came in is because everyone, including family, saw a different person than they saw in the past. I always followed what I should be doing without question. And all of a sudden, I was thinking, I was acting, and I was changing. And not everyone enjoys that change. Not everyone signed up for that change with you. Being able to understand the perspective of others, but yet listen to my own voice as I'm making this journey. Over time, everything kind of smooths out. But I have um, stages in my book of where you're at. And there are five stages. You can start at exploration, and that's what I did. Started to explore what are my opportunities, what do I need to do. And then you start to do a few things, um, enroll in a class, start a, a degree, and that's called tinkering. When you're in full-blown stage, and this is where I was at, and this is where you're definitely in an uncomfortable zone. The comfort zone left you long ago. <laughs> it's called chaotic confusion and then you move into where everything starts to smooth out and that's the breathing stage and then eventually to victorious and this, this model is really a um, theoretical framework of, of change used in addictions and used in uh, eliminating bad habits and as we know nothing is a linear journey when you want to go through change and so exploring how you do this and once you understand what stage you're in what fears you're feeling you have the opportunity to get the support you need to get the tools and the resources in that stage and so chaotic confusion is the most painful stage but it is also the most critical stage in change because you, you move forward and it happens and it sticks. And that's what's so amazing about the journey is that once you go through that initial change process, you can repeat it again and again and again. And every time you're climbing higher and higher and higher. And so that's, where I'm at right now is I can continue to climb because I know where I'm at in my journey. Good for you. Uh, do you discuss in your book also the uh, stage of being stuck? Yes, yes. Uh, 
it's and and that's the, the chaotic confusion stage because you can't go back to the life you had you can't go forward because it's totally unknown you can't move you're you're frozen where you're at when when you look at that what you see is that looking back you've made major progress when you look ahead there's a clear path and so just stepping one foot in front of the other you move by inches not feet right so applies to women who as they age you know as they retire yes and what life is like moving forward Yes. And so, yes, I think we're all going to run to read your book. Thank you. Susan, you are uh, such an incredible lifelong learner, and I know that you're embarking on yet new ventures. Yes. Could you tell us about those? Certainly. Um, I just finished a nine-month um, evidence-based course in um, whole being positive psychology. It is a, an amazing program, and um, my final project certainly is on the growth mindset as I uh, develop this course. Uh, currently, I'm also enrolled in a certification program for positive psychology coaching so that I can continue to coach people uh, and have uh, immense tools and resources. And I'm also beginning, uh, this is a prerequisite for compassionate uh, training, certification in compassion training. Uh, so I'll be taking that course come in October and then move into a year study of compassion and then be certified to train to offer uh, continuing education to healthcare professionals. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And then I've got four books in mind yet. So as soon as I can oh find this, this um, moment of time, I'm going to begin writing those. And do you, can you share a couple of the topics of your new books? Uh, my next one I, that I know I'm going to be working on is about unplanned change as we step out of a comfort zone when we don't want to. Uh, life often has a way of having its own mind of how you're going to move forward. And it's great to experience change when you want it. But how do you go through change when you didn't ask for it uh, and rise above? So that's my next book, definitely. Okay. So uh, on, on our website, when, when your episode is released, we will be make sure to include your website, the uh, information about your book, and any other information that you would like uh, our, our um, listeners to know about you. So that would be great. And, uh, and, and again, our, our Facebook page, if you could keep, keep, uh, keep us posted on, on the certifications and you're ready to coach and you're at the next book ready to launch, we'd be delighted to help promote all of that. I presume your book is on Amazon? It is on Amazon. And it also, if you go on my website, it's direct to the publisher. Uh, it does come in an ebook and a paperback. So uh, either way, you can, you can purchase it, yes. What is your website, Susan? It is susanneustrom.com. 
<laughs> easy enough, okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> An easy one. Yes, that's great. So I were oh my goodness, this has been thirty <laughs> minutes passes gone by so very quickly. quickly. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with with us, uh, Susan, that um, kind of parting words of wisdom or maybe how you think about aging, if you think about it? I do think about aging. And way back when I was 48, I thought about aging at that time. I said to myself, well, either I can do this or I can't. But time is going to go by, and I'm going to look back and say, I should have done that. And so when I think of aging today, I have the same, same attitude. It is, I either do it now, or I might regret not doing it. And so I keep moving every day. I'm fortunate to wake up in the morning, see the sun at times, and be able to do what I need to do. And I love everything that I do. And I continue to do that. And being authentic, being myself, and following my passions all the time is all that I can ask for. So I get that every single day. It's a beautiful uh, message to, uh, to close on. And we want to thank you, Susan, for sharing your story, your insights, your courage, your bravery, bravery your <laughs> enthusiasm, and your passions. Sure, thank you. You're very welcome. And we want to thank everyone for joining us today. Our weekly Wednesday podcast is only as valuable as you, our listeners, find it. Please share your thoughts on the show. Subscribe, rate, and review it wherever you listen. Add to the conversation, provide feedback, and become an active participant on our Facebook community, Women Over 70. Invite your younger friends, family, and colleagues to join in. Our goal is to create an intergenerational conversation. And if you know a woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us. See you on Facebook and next week on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myth that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.